travelers we are here Ooh, talking wow. about adventure time brother what is this what is this? a never-ending adventure podcast about adventure time i know i two know we brothers <laughs> it's just I, yeah and it's just it's just two brothers you know yeah Kat, not really we're not biological Paco, brothers grandma armada two kittens <laughs> and you won't see what comes next I think people were like sick of that pun yet i feel like we use that <laughs> I one lo- way too i love often. it i love yeah Man, I I just love quoting that because I what you you really catch people's eye when you're like it's just two brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyways, y'all, this is a podcast about Adventure Time. Me not knowing the show, Ned loving the show, and we're on episode season two, episode twenty four, Mortal Folly. Mortal or folly. this Mortal Folly, I guess, depending on where you see it. But damn, Ned. Yeah, I, that's damn. I I figured we were gonna get to this point in the show. And that's what your reaction was going to be, was like, yeah, shit. yeah. I'm going to need <laughs> to do some meditation after this one, and I hope I see something a little bit better than what, what our three characters saw. I don't know. Um, Finn's was pretty great. Finn seeing 28-year-old Finn. Was that is, some foreshadow? Was that legit? It, there, there was some definite foreshadowing in this one. So for people who are watching it, we're talking about that scene when they're just meditating on the top of the Candy Castle, and Finn sees himself as this like buff, tattooed... Like with a ruffian with a robot arm. A robot arm, yeah. Which I love the reference, and I'm sure all my fans out there love the reference that like, no matter what, if we see Finn in alternate universes in the future, that there's that whole, like, he he just knows that he's going to have a robotic arm, like even from season two on, you know? Yeah, Adventure Time, going Star Wars, cutting off arms. Cutting off arms. Here we go. <laughs> oh, I'm just glad they, they never cover it back up with like fake flesh, which I always appreciated. Oh, that is very cool. Yeah, that's yeah. weird about Star Wars. I don't know why they always do yeah. that. Or, I, well, I they did do that with Luke like, later on, I guess. Yeah, they do it with, I, I don't, I guess the technology didn't exist back in episode two mm-hmm. because I know Anakin just always like wears the glove over it instead of actually having like fleshy. But Anakin's so ugly looking when he's got, (laughs) you know, burned and whatnot. Anyways, back to Adventure Time. No tangents. Uh, No tangents. Yo, I mean, I just got to say from the get-go, we got a snail sighting, which is not a segment that I've used in a year and a half. And Ned, you have a tattoo of a snail. This episode, the snail is not the best character i'm not loving the snail right now you can't blame the snail per se because he definitely was possessed by the lich when he sneaks out now what he was doing in finn's backpack is a better question altogether you know it just felt yeah it felt like he like purposeful almost it's not uh theoretically speaking in any way i'm just saying it it felt intentional by the snail and even you had Peppermint Butler blowing the bubble with a big smile on his face. Like he almost knew what was going on. I mean, probably not, but I'm just like, what's what's happening with this? This episode yeah. is crazy. I, I've i not watched an episode where at the end of it, my mouth was agape and I was just shocked by yeah. what happened. And this is the first time. This is the first time that this show has blown my mind and almost in anger. I will say like I, I was, my mind was blown because it was fun. It was an enjoyable episode. but. I was angry at a specific character and we'll get into that a little bit later on. Yeah. But, but I know what what you say there just about kind of the way this one made you feel is like, I've been waiting so long for us to get to this point because even with this episode ending on a cliffhanger note, plus things getting like really serious, like it's no longer kind of like a tree witch or uh, a garden witch who grows bagels and donuts. Like it's, (laughs) <laughs> and then Jake mentions yeah. it too in this episode. And he's like, this is it, man. This is our first like fate of the world adventure. And Finn's like, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. And you see Finn go into this like hardcore mode where he, you know, he usually has a bit of like lightheartedness when he's fighting villains. It's still a bit of like childlike fun wonder. And you can see him like switch it off in this episode, you know? He handles it so well. He's bold. He's strong the whole time. Quick thinking, you know. I mean, his reaction, he's going with his gut. Yeah, he's a true hero. And that is why Finn is my lovely. Give, give, give me some sugar, baby. I did. Oh, man. I had Finn as my lovely. I had a backup lovely. 
but you just okay. can't not love Finn in this episode, you know? It was almost just when he goes Angel Finn, when he's got Jake on his back and he does like the angel wings, you know? Yeah, but that was pretty epic, dude. It was epic. But just Finn in general. Finn is my lovely. He's fantastic in this episode. I had to think about it for a little bit because I was so distracted by the episode itself. But as it was going, I was like, it's got to be Finn. There's no one else. And I haven't used Finn in a while for my lovely segment. And I, yeah. I think he's great. I've I've always tried to avoid Finn as the lovely because he's such like obviously the hero and the the protagonist of the whole series. But exactly. yeah, this one you just can't. I, my my backup lovely was the Gauntlet just because I loved the little like kind of sassy personality that the it Gauntlet is had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it was kind of cool. But uh, the fact that he the uh, he it got blown up by the Lich was like kind of devastating I to me. Just a shh, you know, yeah. just shushes him. Not a whisper, a shush. Man, wild. And also, yeah. just back to the snail just for a second. Well, actually, was, was Finn your lovely? Sorry. Uh, he yeah, was, Finn, right? Finn was my yes. lovely too, okay, yeah. Good, good. Uh, the snail, when he comes up out of the backpack, you notice, I just like props to the storyboard writers and the animators of this episode. They turn Finn and Jake around before Jake, or before the snail pops up, or maybe right as the snail pops up. And it really takes your attention off of Finn and Jake. And I think it's before he pops up and you're like, okay, where am I supposed to be focusing? Boom, out pops the snail. And if you're, you know, paying attention, you know exactly what's about to happen because they mentioned, or Princess Bubblegum mentioned that there's been spells being casted the whole time they've been there. That's why they have the jewelry, which are protective helmets essentially for their brains or whatever. It's it's great. It's very intentional, and I just admire that they had the foresight to do that, to take your attention away from the three main characters and put it on a backpack and then the snail and then the snail waving, and you're like, oh, cool, snail setting. Nope. Yeah. He's going to go free this thing. Now, even in this scene, I think it is funny too, um, not just like the, the diverting attention, but you know, as I was reading and doing my research on this episode, I did you know come across, and it makes sense that Princess Bubblegum is the one that is always denying the existence of magic and that all magic is... You'll get into some of this later when we get down the show. Always intentionally denies magic and says everything is science. Everything is science-based. Every little magic trick Magic Man does has a scientific explanation behind it. All of the uh, Ice King's jewels, she wants to figure out like the scientific reason why he's going insane. And But this episode, she's like openly admitting that he's casting spells and it's like so contradictory to her personality, you know? And even the meditation, like she was meditating and on a spiritual level, she felt like there was something wrong because what was popping in her head, which what's, I mean, I guess there's science behind meditation, but to go, oh, this thing's happening. My intuition now is leading me or spiritually I'm being led to like go check on uh, the lich. I feel like there's something there too to what you're saying. Like yeah, that's not exactly yeah, definitely. a scientific explanation for why you need to go check on the lich, you know. But I, I wrote down a little segment. I was like, the lich pops up and and the depths of hell fire blaze rise again. Death will fall over this mortal plane of ooh. And I was gonna go, you know, deep into it. But you get that. That's the feeling of seeing the lich in the meditation. It's yeah. Really oh, man. cool. Ah, oh, yeah. So what cool. they do. I mean, such with the animation alone, you're like, this is obviously more a more intense villain than we've ever got. And secondly, it's voiced by Ron Perlman, who plays Hellboy. He plays uh, the main character in Sons of Anarchy, and just literally the voice of the Lich itself, I think, sets it apart from every other villain. Every other thing in Adventure Time always has a little bit of this, like. Again, jovial, lightheartedness, and as soon as you hear the Lich speak, you're like, you're just like uh, immediately terrified, you know? Can we talk about that just for a minute? I do want to, I want to compare, and I haven't, I don't have any notes on this. This is all just kind of us discussing, and I haven't mentioned this to you, but I'd love to discuss the Lich versus Death versus Marceline's father versus Ice King. Those seem to be like the four big villains or canonical bad guys that we kind of have so far like what are your feelings on the four of them as someone who's seen the show and and loves the show the lich is the the big bad i mean i feel like this is it we've we've met the big bad it's not death it's not marceline's father it's not the ice king though in this episode it feels like it is because f the ice king in this episode (laughs) 
yeah. what are your what are your feelings? Yeah, my feel I've, my feelings on that is that there's a lot of uh, things in the Adventure Time universe and in Ooh that are inherently things that Finn wants to defeat because they're going to hurt his friends. They're going to be wrongous, not righteous. I always like to repeat that when I'm talking about Finn versus evil. But, you know, even when you see Hudson Abadir and he's in uh, the Nidosphere, like, it's it's not anything, like, that Finn would do. And it's evil because he's, like, sucking up souls, blah, 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 blah. But he doesn't, <laughs> like, care that he is, like, trying to destroy the world or trying to... He's just kind of, like, there's a lot of chaotic evils. Uh, Ice King is, like, chaotic Ice evil. Ice King as well, yeah. Um. And the liches, like, tr- I would say there's a, there's a couple of different, like, you know, big adventures, people that are just trying to gain power. Uh, it, towards the last season, there's that we got, you know, the Vampire King comes, we have Gumbald come into the show, and they're all kind of after, like, one specific realm of power or one defeating, I want to own this kingdom. And the lich is truly the antithesis of Finn. And Ali, yeah, Ali has a great note yeah. about... He wants to destroy all... Like, the only desire life. for him is to destroy all life. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's the only reason why he exists, which is, like, he doesn't exist Ugh. to just have power or control ooh, or control the universe. Like, mm-hmm. essentially, if the Lich does eliminate all life and sentience on in the universe, you know he would essentially probably die himself because he completed his mission, you know? Wow. And I'm guessing death would be like lawful evil probably, or is it even evil? I guess that's a debate. And in and of itself, his, it's not like his desire is anyone I think. It feels like that's just his place in the universe is being death, whether he chose yeah. that or not. I mean, yeah. I don't know, and, but. And yeah, well, Ali has a good way of, of, phrasing it later on we'll we'll get to that in the second half but in in my kind of belief of it it's like you know that there is darkness and then there's light and that light is something it has an essence it is a thing Mm -hmm. and darkness is not a thing it's just a lack thereof you know it's a lack thereof of, of light there's nothing that actually Darkness is not an actual thing. It's just a lack of something else. Um, and that's Dude, kind of what I see as the lich. For if, sure. there's, it's, if there is life and sentience and love and all that stuff, then the lich is just the absence of everything that's good in the universe. Shout out to Allie. She crushed some of her thoughts. Here's This is not the thought that we're going to get into. That's a segment later on in this episode. But here's another thing she sent me, just saying... The, there's a connection in this episode and in a lot of media between love and death. And and she is a big Harry Potter fan mm-hmm. and mentioned to me that Voldemort could be considered a lich by some definitions. So yeah. he's a sorcerer trying to achieve immortality, which is what most liches are or what they're trying to do. And often liches are seen with an item of power that if you destroy that item, you kill them. And Harry is immune to him because of his mother's love for him. And in this episode... You have this love, or as um, Finn likes to put it, the power of la, 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 liking someone a lot. La, 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 the ultimate <laughs> power against evil. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. the love that we have for other people, or, or the the antithesis to uh, ultimate evil seems to be love. And and I just thought that was really cool. I was like, oh, you know, that's. I mean, I like Harry Potter and all, but that's, I would not have even known that Voldemort was kind of considered a lich in a way, you know? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I didn't even, I thought about the Harry Potter thing easily when that came up just because of Finn's, uh, the the sweater, the bubblegum sweater that protects him. It's very similar to the Harry Potter theme of Harry's mother's love protected him from Voldemort's magic. But I did some like, yeah, I, I did some research on liches just from like D&D lore and stuff like that. And came across some really great things. Um, you know, like liches are technically like a being that's using a magic to prolong their life or bring themselves back from the dead. Um, they retain all their memories so from past lives. They're typically created by a ritual, but they can accidentally happen. Um, they hoard magic items. Uh, their greatest ally is time because they're immortal. So they always use kind of this like patience time aspect to their advantage, which you can see this lich in this episode. It's just like waiting out that time when he can perfectly 100%. get out. 
Um, and that comes up again when the Lich, I, I'm not going to spoil her because it's going to just mean nothing to you, but the Lich gets stuck in the time room and he just like stands there still because hmm. just waiting on an opportune moment. And so they, they think the Lich has been defeated, but he's just like literally just like sits in the corner of the time room and just like doesn't do anything. He doesn't go to it and just start training his push-ups and sit-ups and crap. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, Dragon Ball reference. So, so, but I, so after searching all that, I thought that was very interesting, but then I tried to tie it back to like adventure time lore that obviously there's something having to do with the great mushroom war and the lich. Um, it's the same green, you know, gloopy ghost things you see. It's the same like mushroom. You see the mushroom cloud in this one when he gets back to his like well of power. My theory is that, um, you know, obviously there was some sort of like, atomic bomb that went off it started this thing and the lich and that that radioactivity um is the lich and i saw a great theory online and i'd love to get your thoughts on this okay um that the same green that's like emanating from the lich is a very vague reference but when the ice king pulls out the demonic wishing eye um in that random episode and he's like i've got my demonic wishing eye it's mm. that same code yes. of green and and somebody mentioned online i thought this was a great theory that somebody in the past might have wished for a bomb or a certain power to destroy all life on earth or destroy destroy all life in the universe and that's actually how this the lich or bomb or nuclear chaotic event came about um and that's when it didn't destroy you know it blows up the world it sends the world into kind of like the a post-apocalyptic type uh essence but when life finds a way the lich doesn't go away the lich just kind of the lich in its essence grabs onto a skeleton of somebody dead and uses that form just as a form to like you know be existing it's kind of the the star wars sith thing where like you know, in order to have the evil of Star Wars, there has to be the Jedi as well to balance out the Force or whatever. I see what you're yeah. saying. And maybe the power of love allowed one line of human to stay alive, or there must have been several lines of human, obviously, that they're just scattered or there's little and they're dying out because there's not enough of them to keep reproducing or something. That's really fascinating, man. Yeah. But, and then, but I mean, then, it got deep in some other like theories that you know, Marceline's half demon. So she couldn't die in a, in an explosion that mm-hmm. Simon didn't mm-hmm. die in the explosion because he has the crown. Um, okay. there's theories that princess Bubblegum and I've never heard this one before was like a scientist of some sort. And when the, uh, when the bomb goes off that she turns herself into Bubblegum to survive. And then that's how she is like, she was something in the past and turned herself into bubblegum to survive a nuclear explosion. So it's it's all great. So that's the whole concept of like life finds a way, but that's the reason why the Lich is like, if it was a a weird wish from somebody in the past that it still exists and it's just on that continual, like one track mind, I'm just going to do anything to eliminate life in the universe. And what saves Finn though, I do want to ask you, because you mentioned this earlier, it's not the sweatshirt. It's Finn getting the sweatshirt and then realizing that he has this love for Princess Bubblegum, right? It's Finn's love, not Princess Bubblegum's love for Finn. Because I don't think, I can't read her. I Just be honest, I, I can't read her in this episode. She says that she cares about Finn and then she has this really awkward, like fully back stiff hug, like a, a mother to a child, like come into yeah. my chest young lad it's a very motherly weird. hug it it is weird but or not i guess motherly hugs aren't weird but <laughs> no no because it was Luke, it's it's weird just because we've we've talked about you know pb being flirty the whole time and i do think i you know i kind of got weirded out with like what's her intentions here and at this point i think you know maybe she does realize in this episode that this is something that finn might go off and kill himself trying to to defeat Maybe. the lich and that she realizes and it's probably more of this motherly type love like i raised this kid to be my champion for the candy kingdom this and is I'm his moment probably, i have to let him go yeah like i'm and it was like her one last act of loving not loving him romantically but like loving having that love for finn i think that that's again why the the sweater itself is important you know so she stress eats a candy cone 
or a candy, an ice cream cone man. I yeah. get it. It's like a third we time do. we've seen her eating her own people too. So. <laughs> it's true. In this secret room that honestly isn't all that secret. If we're just being honest, I don't know how Ice King knows about this secret room, but any room that is on the exterior of a building probably is in that secret because it's pretty <laughs> obvious that something should be there. Yeah, um, she, she, I think she just calls these all secret because she's the only one that knows about it. Because there's not like candy people wandering up into her uh, Ice King knows. Freaking uh, yeah, Ice King knows Because he knows there's it. a latch on the window. He's like, no, 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 not the latch. <laughs> that was such a <laughs> funny part. Of this. He is that, the that's comic. That's the only good thing about Ice King in this episode is that one line. In my I was, well, I was going to say not the latch. And then my, my tops of the episode was definitely, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> like yeah. when he rolls into the window, he's he's just like, "Hey, hey, hey, guys!" That's funny. Well, um, but see, he's with the, the lich. With the lich, why does the lich know Finn's name at the end? Is there a reason for that? Is it just he's just this all-knowing evil or embodiment of evil? Like you said, maybe he took over a skeleton, and that's not really his body. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there's something a lot bigger than it just being like a skeleton uh, wizard brought back to life. It's way more of an, like an entity um, than it is a, a magic being magic lore being or anything like that. So I'd assume that's why he knew his name. Well, and he was in his head at that point too. So like once he gets into his head, he calls Finn out by name, you know, but he got that man. Finn's got that willpower, that Naruto level willpower to break free of things at the last second. It was great. Gosh, Finn is so good in this episode. Yeah. My, and I, oh, dude, it blows my mind. Uh, and, and this goes back to my original point about Finn being a different kind of Finn this episode is he rips that sweater off, rips it through the Lich's eye sockets, rips him, like literally just rips his skull in half. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, this is not fun, <laughs> you know, lighthearted adventure time. This is brutal at this point, you know? It's awesome. And the Lich is laughing. He knows yeah. that he's not going to die. We know the Lich will be back eventually. Um, man, this episode ends with Princess Bubblegum falling in the pit. I'm assuming she's not dead. She's got to come back, I'm sure. Ned, is there, is next week, is this, this has got to be a part two type thing, yes. right? Yes. And I, I made my first point when just even taking notes on this episode was I love that this is the beginning of a two-part episode. And it really makes you start to, because everything, and maybe we've talked about this once or twice, where you have to ask, you're like, well, are they taking into consideration things that previously happened? Is this like Family Guy where each episode kind of stands on its own and there's not really canonical uh, chain of events that happen? The fact that we finally have an, a rollover episode and we're telling longer stories and you see that the the byproduct of one episode will lead to what's happening in the next. It's just a good, good setup for season three. Uh, and I'm actually really bummed. They said the writers of this one wanted this one in ne- next week. It's Mortal Recoil, which is the finishing off of kind of this storyline. Um, was supposed to wrap up season two and there was a delayed episode that got put in. And so like, oh, the end no. of season two ends on like not as like hype of So we're going to have note. a goofy episode at the end? Yeah, it's it's goof. It's going to be a good one to talk about. It's uh, We get reference to Heat Signature again, which is like from the movie night that they just had. Uh, they talk about watching Heat Signature 3. So that comes up again. But you're like, dude, yeah, it's almost like you ended on such a high... It's like when um season one ended... And then we finished with that weird, like, let's go, the, the gut grinder. And we were like, why did we end yes. on the gut grinder? You know? The episode <laughs> the that I wasn't feeling. even on. <laughs> I know. It was so weird. It um, was it was weird for the, the show Adventure Time and for our audience members because it's like, oh, all right. We don't have both our hosts this episode. But, I mean, Michael killed it, you know? Yeah. That that was, was, he turned it into a good episode. I would have been so boring so on my own on that one. <laughs> That's good. Oh man. man, let's take a breather, dude. That's yeah, that we, we're getting into. We're about to get into some even more heavy stuff, but yeah, this. I mean, just like it's it's so good. I want to I want to make sure that we have just lots of good time to talk about more more good stuff on the second half. Yes, please, let's do it. Hey everybody, Stachy here. This is an FBI warning from the Candy Kingdom's FBI. This is our anti-piracy warning of the podcast. The unauthorized reproduction or distribution of this podcast or any of the copyrighted works by Never Ending Adventure is illegal. Starchy will come to your house and hit you over the head with a shovel. 
Criminal copyright infringement, including infringement without monetary gain, will be investigated by the Candy FBI and is punishable by up to five years buried in one of Starchy's graves or in a Candy Kingdom federal prison or a fine of up to 250,000 schmeckles. So don't you want Starchy coming and knocking on your door? You better not be reproducing, redistributing this podcast any sort of kinds. Oh boy, you better keep me, Mike and Mouse, and all my IP out of this. <laughs> hi, hi, hi. Welcome back, fellow travelers. Welcome back, y'all, from a good starchy favorite ad, for sure. Don't go stealing our IP or nothing, <laughs> you fools. Taking our ideas, our TMs, TM, TM, TM. Yeah, you better not be illegally listening to this on some sort of weird streaming website. To be we'll fair, I stole that. The TM thing is, uh, I think that's my brother, my brother, and me. And that's where I got the TM, 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 TM. But I've only used it <laughs> once, so you know it doesn't really matter anyways. Oh, well. Uh, oh, well. They haven't guys, that. They're great. Not trying to steal anything from them, just a, really a reference to them. But welcome back, Adventure Time. Damn, this episode, uh, I'm my mind is just all over the place after that commercial. Commercial, trying to think back what we want to do, where we're going with this. It yeah, feels well, like the only way we can get back into this is to talk about the character, the one, the the most punchable son of a biscuit eater, Ice King. <laughs> The Ice King, man. Yeah, we kind of we kind of jumped right into Lich lore and just to totally went over Ice King's whole like storyline here, and that he's the one that ultimately this episode ends in a cliffhanger because he's just being so living one track minded, man. He can he's got total tunnel vision in this one, you know. He does, but my if I had a theoretically speaking, theoretically speaking, it's that what he does at the end of the episode is on purpose. I think it was all intentional. He's, uh, let me just do it. All right. It's not even most punchable. I've come up with a new segment. Ned, I don't know how you feel about this. The segment's name is not math. It's very bland, very boring, very simple. Not math. Ice King is not math. I'm using it only for when I am really irritated or like the level beyond the beyond of most punchable. Yeah. Ice King has, he's awarded himself his own segment this episode. I haven't seen what happens next. I know people think he's going to redeem himself one day, but here, here's my thoughts. Um, I, I nearly forgot he even existed. I, we have had so many episodes without the Ice King that it felt as though he wasn't even in the show anymore. And all of a sudden, he comes popping up. He kidnaps Princess Bubblegum, and he's constantly, he's just oblivious to reality the weight of the Lich being freed, despite probably he's got to be old enough. He's a wizard. He's got to know of the Lich, right? Or be aware of the Lich. And yet he just totally ignores all of that. He sees the Lich at, at different points in the episode and he's constantly going on his way, getting himself in front of Jake and Finn and stopping them with ice or whatever. And he thinks that only about himself and in this insane fantasy that anyone will ever love him I'm getting aggressive now <laughs> that anyone will ever love him and then drops, drops princess bubblegum. Sorry. Uh, drops the- her into the Lich's well of power and it was intentional and Ice King is not math this episode. Nope. He's That's all I gotta math. say. I, I'm sorry. I, I took that over. That was a little bit of a rant, but gosh dang it, dude. You need well. You needed to rant about this because I, I I agree with you. And actually, what you said about him just not appearing for so many episodes that you kind of just stop thinking that he exists, and that's it's. I think that's huge. I think, and this is my theoretically speaking, is that we don't see Ice King so much, and every time we see him, uh, or every time there's a, a true episode about him, you think we make some progress. We've made some progress when he was trying to date all those princesses. When he's like, I I when he sees the cosmic owl and he's like, I'm still not happy, but you, you, he felt a little bit more humanized. Now my theoretically speaking comes into play here when it's like the longer we don't see him, the more it's probably the longer he's been locked away in his ice kingdom with his like sentient snowmen and penguins. And I think his wizard madness just gets worse. So the longer he's secluded, the further he, transgresses back into his original ways that he's forgotten about the times that he spent with Finn and Jake, the lessons he's learned about like, this is, Oh, maybe I don't want to date princesses anymore. He just, the longer he's like secluded, a recluse that he 
slips back into that wizard madness and he can't help it, but it doesn't make him less punchable. Um, but that it kind of, it, it makes it make more sense. Like why he comes back yeah. into play and he's just like, uh, as, as annoying as he was in episode one of the show, you know, we had episodes where he was hanging out. We he had that realization of like, maybe he just needs a friendship or, in, you know, exactly like that episode where he spends so much time with Finn and Jake. And then I think he like falls asleep. I don't, I just, dude, you're, you're almost convincing me. And I hate that because I just would be so mad at this effing dude. And you're like, no, no, like I think the crown or, or whatever or something is causing him back into madness yeah. Man, but, oh, gosh, and every I'm time you, every time so he, he's every time he does spend time, especially when Marcy comes in in the show later and starts spending a lot more time with him and being a lot more intentional, and when Finn and Jake are a lot more intentional about their time with him, he takes progressive steps forward in being a better person. And I think the like, if you take that away and just let him live on his own, he just becomes that weird old hermit that wants to like herd all the princesses together, you know, <laughs> at now, least in this one, he Gunter, maybe Gunter is also influencing his mind. I don't know. Nah, yeah. Like, <laughs> that's a stretch, but it's there, you know, well, well, but, um, but that's, that's where again, it, from seeing the whole show, the, you, you, it's hard for big longtime fans of the show to not have that sympathetic nature towards the ice King. But in this one, it's just like, dude, come on. Like, it's just so annoying, man. Yeah. He keeps popping up. He pops up. I got to say, he probably pops up four or five times throughout the yeah. whole thing, whether it's and, going and to get PB or stopping them in like three different ways. It's so weird. It's like ice. It's yeah. almost like he doesn't see the lich, like especially when they're chasing him down in the boat and they, you know, have Billy's gauntlet and they're speeding after him. It's almost like the that ice King just pops up and yeah. does. it's almost like he doesn't see the lich. It's weird, you know? It is super weird. There was something I just wanted to bring this up to. I mean, also, like you said at the beginning of this, the first fate of the world deal. And I think that is why it bothered me so much that Ice King is over here messing it up. It is such an important moment for Finn and for Jake and for the world of Ooh. And all Ice King can do is think for himself and think about I got to marry a princess. Like, I'm not going to ask Princess Bubblegum whether or not she likes me or wants to marry me. But, hey, Finn and Jake, you seem to be her parent, her dad, for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Give me permission to marry your daughter, the princess. G- give me the blessing, yeah. So ridiculous. But there is a moment when, I guess, Finn and Jake are running, which, again, we get to see Jake just running using his legs, and he's out of breath, and Finn's like, come on, you know, let's keep going. Mm-hmm which is interesting because he's definitely a character who in the past we've mentioned doesn't really love running or doesn't run much. Yeah. When he At least when has, it's not with his powers. Exactly, exactly. But they're going and there's a fork in the road and they go left and then Ice King comes out of nowhere and knocks Finn over to the right side of the fork. This doesn't play out in the episode at all, but I just thought it was really fascinating that they kept running right. And it, because of Ice King, maybe that slowed them down. Maybe they could have gotten to a little bit faster, but they went off their path, a very obvious left path and went right because of the ice king. Just little things like that really bothered me throughout the whole episode. Just, well, there was one thing that bothered me. And I don't know if you noticed it or not, is that Finn and sorry, I'm just totally diverting away from your ice king-ness. No, all good. All good. I I need to come down Your note about switching paths it was, that's very intriguing to me because it's kind of like, were they on a better path? I think it's still, I think I, maybe I'm a believer more of like things happen, how they're supposed to happen. But the fact that they kind of already got to the Lich in that when he was already at the well of power and didn't catch him beforehand. I don't like, I don't know if they could have stopped him beforehand with Billy's gauntlet anyway, you know? So it was predetermined that ice King would be there and would be stopping them. That sort of a vibe. Yeah. And it's, it's also, it comes into play, you know, like Finn, doesn't he just throws a rock at the ice king he doesn't try to like he does try to hit ice king with the gauntlet thing but that that threw off ice king that was really fascinating because yeah then out of pure anger or embarrassment or whatever it is because ice king's like it's not like any of y'all want to marry uh princess bubblegum and he gets like he gets throws flushed yeah a big old rock at him and ice king's like whoa i did expect him to do that 
Yeah. So, and I think, well, I think Finn's trying to ignore that. He's trying to ignore the Ice King too, because he realizes that he doesn't want to like kill the Ice King. He's not the evil being in Ooh. And that, you know, Ice King being there too kind of shows you that Finn is trying to save Ice King as well. You know, he's, he's not, if otherwise he could have just like blown up Ice King early on or just, especially when he got the gauntlet to work. Um, and that it's not Finn's, uh, journey or destiny or adventure to go and just like kill the ice king because he's annoying that finn's trying to save everybody you know my how far we have come with finn because there were several episodes in season one where his entire mindset and his vision desire was to stop ice king and was to thwart him in some sort of a way yeah and now this there's this journey bigger bad yeah yeah well this journey puts finn in that mindset now of like okay, this is it. Like, you know, this is the, the, it's not the Ice King that's the greater evil. It's not the magic man that's the greater evil in the world. It's gonna be the Lich. So everything else probably has a little bit less of a, a weight in Finn's mind in terms of like saving the world, except for like, you know, doing your friendly neighborhood Finn stuff. But (laughs) yeah, I think the greater evil in this episode other than the Lich and Ice King, if we really needed more, and the Snail, uh, could be our Jake mistakes. Making big pancakes. Yeah. What's okay? I want to hear yours because I I only have one, and I think it's I I have a theory. I don't know. I I just have one. Well, first off, Dingy Dog probably is not the best option. <laughs> I, think I thought that's it was got to be a Jake mistake. Yeah, if he can paddle him with his little feetsies. Yeah, especially if he can grow to the size of, like, something huge. He could, like, totally just, like, grown huge and then, like, stepped across the ocean and gone pretty fast. But does he not know how, like, like flippers, something, anything on your feet, like, make yourself go faster instead of just a a boat? I mean, it's nice that you can be a boat, but there's got to be better options than that, dude. Uh, I also have when he uses, I'm going to bark at him. Yeah, that was mine. That was mine was, I'm going to bark him. And... I just, I was like, it's a Jake mistake, but maybe it's finally, we're referencing that he's a dog and that in his heightened sense of fear and defense, you know, defending my owner, I'm just going to bark. And that's like his, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. That's almost, yeah. So I was like, it was a mistake because he could have done so much more to help. Like, I can say that there were two cool non Jake mistakes was the Jake sword and, you know, I don't know, Valkyrie winged ears or something like whatever that scene was. The angel thing was sick. I disagree on the Jake sword. Jake sword also <laughs> mistake. Just because you're bigger doesn't mean you're sharper nor that you weigh more or have more mass. Jake. Yeah. All true. you did was stretch out and you're, they were lucky. The Lich was weakened. We know the Lich is weakened. He's going to the well power to try and get stronger they would not have, and they didn't even kill the Lich. It's crazy, dude. The Lich is so powerful or so evil that just his essence of like fog of himself going through the tree burns a hole. Just like rots it, yeah. He got really lucky with Jake's sword. My other Jake mistake is when he could have saved Princess Bubblegum at the end. He could have stretched and out like, his arms. Like, oh, yeah, he could have done like stretch net or something. He could have done anything. Yeah. Fishing, fishing pole hand. Again, one of my t- j- top jakes ever was fishing pole hand. Yeah, was like, yeah. Just done that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm being a little bit nitpicky, but there were a weird number of Jake mistakes in my mind this episode. Yeah. It, well, you know, we, we can't be contradicting ourselves either because, you know, Jake does say this is the fate of the world moment. I think he really is giving Finn the, I'm not going to call it limelight, but... Jake is the one that's just like, I'm here when you need me. I'm here to help you. I'm here to make sure you don't die. But in in your nature of adventuring, defeating the Lich, this is your journey. This is your is this thing. the fate of the world? I, I guess he you knows. Know? Like you're saying, he knows that Finn has to be the one to do it for some reason or not. Yeah. Or that's, and it's, it's kind of like my overarching Jake thing is that he's always going to step in. He's always going to be um, the the best sidekick ever. But not many moments is Jake going to take initiative on what should be done unless it's kind of like a, a f- protecting Finn or what Finn tells him to do. Well, Jake's sword was also my tops. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> hate him that much. I mean, Jake's sword was fun. It was silly, you know, but just not 
not th- what we needed in that moment, Jake. Yeah. Appreciate well, the effort though. The sword note here, because this was, I kind of rewatched this one and we, we, you know, Finn got the root sword back on the mystery train and that's become his new sword. And I, I know PB brings up that the only way the Lich can be defeated is using Billy's gauntlet. So I don't know if Finn just doesn't bring up the sword, but especially once Billy's gauntlet gets destroyed, we don't see Finn inherently going back and, and I think trying it's the to only get the known sword. way. Yeah, I think it's the only known way of defeating him is with the gauntlet. I don't think yeah. it's the only way specifically. Yeah, that's, and it's true. That's true. And so I, but that it's so just like non characteristic of Finn, I think, to not mm-hmm. just like like try to grab the sword. That's true. Like real quick. So I mean, it's that was kind of like my. I wouldn't call it a Finn mistake, but just a very interesting choice by the writers that he was. Um, and maybe he didn't have much opportunity to grab the sword because I know the the skeletons in the subway ripped his book bag off. So maybe he has no more of his like equipment and stuff like that. But they need to take all that that dust, all the dirt or whatever that turned the uh, lich turned into, and go put that in the amber again or something. They got to do something with his remains because. Yeah. He's well, that's dead. what I was going to ask you. Um, and just because you've never seen the show, I really want to get your perspective. You know, he, you saw him just kind of like poof, like poof away. They destroyed the uh, the skeleton remains of the Lich. But what's what's your like theory slash how are you feeling about the Lich in the full story of Adventure Time? Like coming back, the nature of him, like what's he going to do, you know? Well, he's got to get to the Well of Power. And I don't think Finn and Jake and all of them are going to do anything to destroy the Well of Power. My guess is, as Adventure Time does, they might put like a caution tape on the subway entrance or something, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I also don't think they're doing anything, like I said, with the dust of the Lich. I think somehow maybe the dust will flow into the Well of Power or something. I, I don't know. I don't have a theory about that. My guess is this next episode we're going to find out. Yeah, yeah, that's if it's, it's a part good two. Good theories, good theories. But I'm, but I'm very intrigued by the this, this next episode, man. Ugh. Good, good. Yeah, well, because it gives it's going to give you uh, some answers, a little bit more answers, and just in terms of like the lich in the universe altogether. But I'm glad that you put hyper focus on the well of power because it comes up again, but in a really cool way. It's not it's not as black and white. It's just like it's not like hey, the lich just makes his way back to the well of power, and that's that's <laughs> it's a little bit more complex than that, which is why. Um, Gosh, I, oh, I, I want to say so much, but I can't spoil anything. Right. Don't, don't. Let's, let me, let me do, well, not let me do it. I want you to do it. Yeah. Ali sent us a big old paragraph of uh, really interesting and deep thoughts. This is probably the deepest this episode is going to get, and we're toward mm-hmm. the end of it. I think it's time. Neb, what should we call this segment? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm, I want to head and give it the name. Ali H creates, uh, what, what did I call it? Um. What did, I, what did I call it earlier? I tates. can't remember. Ali H creates oh, tates. Yeah, Ali H creates takes. So and this I is when... said Ali Cat's analytical chats. But I uh, oh, I like that too. That, that could be what it is because I don't think Ali H creates is her Instagram handle anymore. Oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I still like referring to it. But yeah, Ali Cat's fun facts. Ali Cat's analytical facts. Analytical um, chats. But yeah, no, this was a great one because she always brings the the more perspective on actual like uh, Greek. Not this is not like mythology, philosophy, but philosophy and uh, and all that. So uh, bear with me. She's got a long statement on this, and but I will probably mess up reading everything. So, um, but she says Plato, you know, the old philosopher, believe that there are two different planes of existence: uh, what we perceive and of and what we perceive and what is real or perfect which exist on higher planes of knowledge. So he referred to these perfect concepts as forms. He believed that these things we perceive are either similar to a form or lack similarities to a form. This is a really positive way to look at the world because it means everything is essentially good and we just need need to keep progressing to get closer to those ideals. Our being able to understand the higher plane of knowledge is a result of having a soul because like all existence, Humans have a body which is mortal and a higher ideal form which is immortal. Plato's idea of love, of love boils down to a connection between knowledge and ignorance, also known as a lack of knowledge. It is a connection between knowledge, or excuse me, it is a connection between the mortal and the immortal parts of a human. Plato also believed that death was 
just that of the body. And though that death, ironically, a human can fully actualize the immortal and ideal part of themselves. Finn in many ways represents the platonic ideal of Plato's higher forms, courage, creativity, and justice being the easiest examples. Finn is also a very positive and idealistic character to his core, but comparatively, Plato's ideal of evil is a lack of similarity to higher forms. If we look at the lich as Plato's evil, that would mean he lacks the higher forms of tranquility, humanity, and creation. For me, this shows a deep connection between the lich and Finn, because philosophically, two sides of the same coin uh, but philosophically, basically, the two sides or opposite ends of the same spectrum. I feel like in so many stories, love and death are connected, and it's interesting to me that both things are connect are a connection to a human's ideal self. Finn uses love to become immune and defeat the lich. The lich, though, lacks ideals, and by being immortal, lacks a connection to his ideal self. This does not mean that he isn't smart or powerful, more that he lacks good. It truly boils down to the idea that evil is rejection of progress and can only exist because goodness exists too, but deeper still is the idea that good will always defeat evil or knowledge trumping ignorance when discovering your best and true self. Wow. So, Allie. Man. It's a lot, man. There. I've get read it like three or get four Get that times. published, Allie. Come on. <laughs> no. I know. I'm like, <laughs> do we need to Google this? Did someone else write this somewhere? No, I'm kidding. I, I, she's smart, man. She's, she's got, uh, dang, a, a yeah, deep, but good. Head I, I love that she brought this up because again, yeah. I had, I had a very, you know, high concept of not, you know, <laughs> verbalizing this in such a very like smart and educated way. But the idea here is that you know Finn is the true form, and the, his only you know, lack of that true form is the immortality aspect. And, you know, that's what, you know, he's always striving to be more human, the best human, be courage, be, you know, give justice to other humans. But the fact that the lich is the antithesis of that, the lich actually, because of that whole like light and darkness, like light exists, darkness does not exist, exist, but it's a lack thereof, that the lich himself can't actually even exist if there is nothing. If he's not a life, he is immortal, therefore lacks any uh, purpose driven to a true form. You know, I thought that's, that's really cool that it is a philosophical concept there, you know. Almost to the, the mindset or the, the Christian thought of, of good being, and this isn't like all Christians believe in this, I guess, or whatever. But the, the idea I remember learning about when I was in crew playing drums for them or whatever that good almost like like evil is the lack of good you know it's like mm -hmm. good is this uh this thing and and without good you couldn't have evil because you need the light you know versus dark you need the light in order to be able to perceive the dark at all yeah you know like to to perceive something as evil like oh i wish the world was all good but if the world was all good then like you just I, it, it couldn't be you know it, it, at some point i don't know i don't know where i'm going I, my mind is all no over no place you're, now, but, you're you're but you going on the right mindset of going yeah. you know if finn d doesn't see the lich and finn doesn't see the evils in the world then he wouldn't even start begin to progress towards his true form exactly yeah. um that it's because it's he's mortal um if he didn't see the evils in the world you know he would just we would all probably become apathetic um, yeah, and I know, think it's really not, fascinating not a, with with Plato too, talking about how like you have the the human, the mortal body, and the slightly higher ideal form of self, which is the immortal, your 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 soul or anything you know on the spiritual level. Yeah, it's pretty. It's man, it's it's deep and it's very fascinating, and I I love that it is connected to Adventure Time in, in yeah. this way. And I'm well, sure yeah, when they were writing this episode, they probably weren't even thinking about this. They're just like, yeah, cool idea, <laughs> you know, but maybe they were. I don't, I don't want to discredit them. Yeah, I know. I think that they are definitely thinking about it in the sense that it's this just evil entity. It's not some, it's not even something that can like hardly, it, it, it does, um, in, I don't even know how to phrase it. It does get defeated at one point. But it's not something that, again, in this episode is one and done. You, you you beat up the skeleton body and boom, the monster's gone. There's always this 
entity of Finn's antithesis that's just trying to destroy all life and it's everything that Finn doesn't represent. Um, but ultimately will fail because, you know, good always prevails. But yeah. um, the same thing, if you can't, if there is no form that the Lich is striving for, there's no like motive, there's no, in the, you, what you're striving for is the defeating of something that actually like defeats your essence. It's it's like almost like an impossible or improbable mission, you know? I am really excited for more fate of the world instances and and ooh and i don't think you need that to to make a good story i think we know there are many ways to write a good story but every now and then just to throw in a little bit like oh this high stakes right here can feel really good and it took us two seasons to get to it and i think they did it wonderfully i really enjoyed this episode and i am hoping the next episode blows my mind and in other ways as well yeah, there's there's more, and I, I love that you use the term high stakes, though, because there becomes more high stakes scenarios, even if it's not like high stakes saving the world. It's high stake Finn's relationship, high stakes uh, Finn and PB's relationship, high stakes Finn and Jake's relationship, high stakes uh, Jake and Rainicorn's relationship, and it's you get more connected with the characters and how they progress and how they grow, and they have more episodes that are like. This is something to truly test and to really make you feel something, not just like, hey, we're going on an adventure. Even though those are fun episodes, we love the dungeon episodes. We love the, you know, defeat the evil cave monster episodes. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, truly the ones that make you feel and the reason why we would even podcast on this show are for episodes like this, you know? They almost need to do a mini series and call it like Stakes or something. Like, I feel like that would be really cool. Is <laughs> yeah, that a pun? They, they sh- <laughs> Is that good comedy? I don't know. Is that good comedy? That's why y'all come here, I know. For my hey, comedy bit. Yo. Oh, uh, <laughs> I can't even do it now. It's in the episode. My brain is fried. Man, it's Sunday. It's beautiful outside. I think we need to wrap this up. And and honestly, I'll probably, as soon as we're done with this, go watch the next episode and start prepping because I'm in. I'm excited for this. Ned, do you have any final thoughts before we do lessons? Oh, no final thoughts, man. I can kick it. We can just go straight into lessons if you Let's don't do have any final thoughts. Let's do it. First one, never trust Ice King. Okay, what's your what's yours? I say you always got to be careful when you're holding people near uh, wells of toxic acid. <laughs> and if you're dropping them, you got to be really careful. I love you, so I will set you free. <laughs> so I love you, but I've decided to let you free. Well, way to go, Ice King. Big man. Big man of the hour right there. Um, Damn. Yeah. So never trust Ice King. Uh, and then my other one is uh, power is overrated. Love is all you need. Love is all you need. Love is all you need. You know? Oh, very Beatles of you, Russell. Oh, I do my best. I do my best. I do my best. I would say my my deeper lesson would come really from from Allie's just like the way she's turned us thinking about this episode and would, would just be very much like, you know, be be on the pursuit and grow in the way towards your best form, you know, and in, in, in that being the antithesis of evil. You know, if you don't want to be, <laughs> if if there's something in your life that you're like, that is, that's my, like, I hate the fact that this is evil in the world. My form is going to be, you know, if it's, if it's like, you know what, you know what really is like my driver is homelessness, then be that your best form and like do the things to be your best person and help the homeless people. You know, that's a good example, but like, you know what I mean? Like that's- yeah, Give me an application. Like I said in the past, whenever you do something like this, I need an application for this week. What are you doing? What oh, is, man. How are you applying I, that lesson? I... Putting you on the spot. Gosh, darn. I'm just going to I'm just gonna be a better worker. I'm, okay. I've tended to be relatively lazy recently, and I'm going to be a better worker this week towards my, towards my true form, you know? There you go. I like it. Yeah. More motivated. No, that, that makes sense. I, man, I need more of that in my life right now with uh, yeah. work as well. So feel that, man. I'll take that dude. That. We're back in the office for the first time Whew. as of this week. Uh, one, it's like two days out, three days in. I don't mm. know how that's going to affect me, but yeah, it'll be good. Big, after two years, a big mental shift. So Ned recommendations. We're going to do that again. We got some wrecks. I got one. Yeah. Uh, the other night, me and Allie watched uh clue 
1985 movie with Tim Curry. It was really freaking good. And I didn't know I needed that in my life. And I think it's going to be a reoccurring movie now for me just because it's it's so good. It's done yeah. great. We, I, I got to revisit that one. I, I watched that with just, it's one of Jackie's favorite movies uh, from growing up. And we've only watched it once together. And I don't think I knew what I was in for. So I wasn't quite mentally prepared. And I need to watch it again and be like mentally prepared for kind of the uh, absurdity that it is. You know, you know when they're, they're doing the like, a, a knife, a gun, a rope, you know, a candle, like all, all the different weapons for killing. Man, I guessed, like we kept pausing it and I was like, oh, this one's going to be a candle. This one's going to be a rope. And I guessed in order all the way up to a gun and a knife. I was That's so nice. close. <laughs> Ali was looking at me like, you're lying to me. You've seen this before because it was, it was, it was cool. It was a great on. movie. Do you have a rec this week? Yeah, man. I have a rec for anybody that's playing video games out there right now. Elden Ring has got to be one of the best games that they have made in a long time. Uh, Story-wise, character-wise, and lore-wise, uh, George R.R. R. Martin worked obviously very hard on this game as one of not the main writers. Book. Yeah, I'm probably not on any books recently. I have no idea, but oh my gosh, just so, so rich with that. It's a non-pay-to-play like game. So like... You don't pay for upgrades. You don't pay for magic. Everything exists in the game that you can find in Defeat. There's no like add-ons or DLCs or anything like that, which just makes it feel so accessible to everybody. And then there's a huge like I, I love. I've played so many hours of this game in the last four weeks, and every time I pop on TikTok. There's somebody that's like, hey, here's a dungeon you've never found. And I'm like, oh, I got to go find that dungeon. I can't <laughs> believe I've never found it before. Like, it's wow, crazy. I'm so it's, like, it's like real life D&D, man. It's awesome. I need to play it. I probably won't get to it until, I don't know, like three or four years from now when I finally buy something I could play it on. Do you play it on your PC? How do you yeah, I've got it? it on PC. Do you, I guess I wouldn't be able to do that on my MacBook probably. Oh, yeah. yeah it would. It would. The, the RAM and the just amount of like, uh, power that it would need to go in. It would, it would shut a Mac down like quickly, <laughs> man. All right. Well, I just, uh, I don't know. I just like Nintendo products. And so all I have is a switch as you know, but maybe one day when I can allow myself more time for not like pr productive work and just video gaming, I do enough with Pokemon at the moment. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. whenever you can buy a used PS5, whenever that happens. Yeah, for sure. Eventually. I mean, years from now, but yeah, for real. Thank you so much. Uh, man, another great episode. We're 53 in and going strong, feeling good. Going Dad, strong. how do you feel about got, this podcast? Pretty cool. Man, I'm feeling, I'm feeling good that just like literally we've, we've been very diligent. Pretty much what we launched this first episode uh, mid-April last year. And we are almost to the date going to finish season two in, almost, in pretty much exactly a full year, which is like... That's so cool. That's awesome. That means through nine seasons, 10-ish seasons of the show, just depending on what platform you're watching it on, them, some of them break down the seasons really weird. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got, you know, four more years of this podcast left. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe, you know, man, we'll see. At that point, if we're like, we got a legit following and it's becoming like a financial endeavor for us, it could be, you know, I don't know. I, I dream. I dream sometimes. It could be something we do in, in other ways, other capacities. and. And I've also been thinking we need to do a, a, you know, like I think we mentioned last week, like a meeting where we're talking through like what, what are the next steps for the podcast, but also like, man, you know, followers, if y'all are really into this sort of a thing and y'all are demanding more, maybe we'll do a Patreon, you know, and we can get on some like fun episodes there and, and have y'all build a community that is specific, uh, specifically never ending adventure people um, that wouldn't just be adventure time. I, who knows, man? I mean... Something to think about. The first step of that, though, is stick like getting a sticker and reaching out to us. If you went on to Apple Podcasts and you did a review in the past or present, and you want to get a sticker, a Never Ending Adventure sticker uh, from us, send us a screenshot of it. You know, take a shot with your phone or, or on your computer or whatever, and you can email it to us. You can send it on Instagram, like tweet it on Twitter or whatever but show us that you did a review and we'll shoot you a sticker and get your address and figure that out, you know, on a, a private way. So people don't see it, but you can check us out. Uh, never ending adventure podcast 
TikTok at NeverEndingAdventureCast, Twitter, NEA underscore podcast. Again, you can email us always. Man, I love whenever we have a Traveler's Log segment on the show, nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. Shoot us your questions, your thoughts, episodes coming up. Uh, If you have, we're going to, of course, do a season two review. So if you have like overarching thoughts on season two, that would be really great. Anything y'all want to do, we'll try and take a week in between. Hopefully this will come out before then. Uh, but we'll be talking about it on Instagram and the socials and stuff. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube. And man, every Tuesday so far. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grind it on Tuesday Tuesday afternoon on your way to work. Way home yeah, from work. Check us out. New episode. Check it out. Next Tuesday. Um, Ned, followers, travelers, party forever. And you know that I love that you guys. <laughs> <laughs>